Hi, I'm Gina Brandolino, and this is The Patsy Tapes, a podcast devoted to the stories, wit and wisdom, and life experiences of my mom, Patricia Partak Ketlar, better known to her friends and family as Patsy, and to me as Ma. Patsy is interesting, hilarious, deep, occasionally spooky, and has a flair for the dramatic. And I should know, I've spent my whole life listening to her. You've heard in earlier episodes that Patsy grew up in the house attached to the tavern her parents, my grandparents, owned and operated. This tavern was called Partak's Tavern. Back then, the tavern was on a corner in a friendly working-class neighborhood, the steel mill on one side of it and the train switchyard on the other. The tavern's most regular customers were the men who worked at the mill and the yard and other blue-collar jobs nearby. And though my grandparents had special events at the tavern, like fish fries, polka bands, and holiday parties, they made most of their living off those guys who would stop in on their way home from work or after dinner for a couple beers. My grandma Sophie, my mom's mom, would tend bar until it was time for her to cook dinner. Then my grandpa Andy, my mom's dad, would take over till closing. In the whole time they ran the bar, like 30 years, they only ever employed one bartender. Otherwise, they ran the bar themselves. It sounds funny to say, but it was a real mom-and-pop establishment. I should also say that this bar and its keepers were beloved in their neighborhood and in my hometown of Joliet in general. The bar was truly a local community hangout, and my grandparents were seen as fair and friendly business people, which they were. My grandpa died in 1979, and my grandma ran the tavern on her own until 1983. When she sold it, it was truly the end of an era, and you'll hear about the tavern closing in a future episode. Today's episode tells the story from the heyday of the tavern in the early 1960s. It's one of the very best stories I have, the story I pull out first when I'm around a fire or a table of beers and stories start being shared. It's the story of the robbery, and I have my mom to help me tell it to you. I would have to say I was 14, 15, something like that, because I was not out galvanning with my friends in my fancy car. When my mom turned 16, she bought herself a convertible Rambler with the money she'd saved up working in a beauty salon. I've seen pictures. It was an awesome car. Uh, So I was home, and me and my sister were playing the game of life, and my mom was like putting bobbin pins in her hair, and my brother was probably trying to do some experiment. My mom's sister Sylvia was a little older than her, her brother Sonny a little younger, and something of a child mad scientist. And my dad came in, it was like 7.30, and he's like, hey, we got like this new guy in here. He's all dressed up and he's spending money like crazy. Since the house was connected to the tavern, it was easy for my grandparents to run into the house really quick, or just peek out of the house into the tavern. 
There were four or five stairs leading up from the tavern, just steps away from the bar itself, to a wooden door with a pretty large window, maybe a foot square. But back to this guy who's all dressed up and spending money like crazy in the bar. And he wanted to know if I had a phone book. And he's like, I'm coming in and get the phone book. This phone book detail always gets me. First, what a way to date this story. When was the last time you even saw a phone book? But there was a time when we all had one in our houses. Second, what did this guy need with a phone book? Why did he send my grandpa to get one? Was this incidental, or was it part of the bigger plan this guy had, which you're about to hear about? And I remember peeking out, and the guy was very close to the front door of the bar, and he had like on a nice suit and tie, and everybody was joking around. This guy's suit and tie made him super stick out at my grandparents' tavern. I have seen literally hundreds of pictures of people in the tavern, and I can think of only two in which people were dressed up. One is a picture of my grandparents' wedding reception, which was held at the tavern, and the other was a New Year's Eve party. By and large, with very little exception, you'd find workmen in their work clothes in the bar, Ordinary blue-collar folks in ordinary, everyday blue-collar clothes there. Very rarely did anybody dress up. The observation my mom makes about the well-dressed man sitting close to the front door of the bar is also interesting. Other than the door to the house and a trap door to the cellar, there were two other ways out of the tavern, neither of them anywhere near in regular use. The front door was how people came and went. The guy had positioned himself for an easy exit. So it's like an hour later, and we never looked in again. And usually my mom would peek in and see what's going on at the bar and stuff through the window. My dad, like, came in, and he's like, that guy just robbed us. And my, my mom goes, Andy, what are you talking about? He said he bought everybody a drink for the third time. The guy had bought not one, not two but three rounds of drinks for the whole bar. And since my grandpa often drank with his customers, that included him too. So clearly, he wanted to put everyone at ease and get them a little bit off kilter. And he told everybody, put your wallet on the bar. And he took a gun out and he's like, empty your cash register. So everyone's a bit drunk and stupefied. Wasn't this guy friendly and buying us all drinks a minute ago? And he had been. And then he wasn't. He took all their money and walked out of the tavern. He was never caught. The thing is, is they took my dad's wallet and he didn't give... I was going to swear. He didn't. You can swear. This is a swearing podcast. Oh, he didn't give a rat's ass about the money in the cash register. He was really pissed off because he had to go get a driver's license. He had his fishing license and a whole bunch of identifications like his veterans card and all that. So he was like angry about that. But I remember he told us, because I think my brother said, you should get a gun. And he said, I keep a crucifix in my cash register. If I have a gun, I'll give them another weapon. He kept a crucifix in his cash register? Yeah, it was under the 20s. The tavern got robbed at least two more times after that. My grandpa got so sick of replacing his ID. 
Only in my dimmest memories do I remember being able to freely come and go through the tavern front door. Pretty quickly, after the robberies became a more regular thing, my grandparents installed a lock on the front door, and one of them had to buzz you in. Together, they had one dog, a friendly border collie, called Cindy. But after my grandpa died, my grandma got Sheena, a wicked, tough, white German shepherd, to help guard the tavern. Sheena was amazing. She outlived my grandma, and after my grandma died, she went and lived out her years being the guard dog for police dogs in the county. When Sheena died, the police dog unit sent our family a certificate of appreciation for her. Sheena probably would have smelled trouble on that well-dressed guy in the tavern. But I never blame the folks there that night for not being more vigilant when a wolf in fancy sheep's clothing came among them, acted friendly, and took advantage of their better natures. Thanks to my podcasting guru, Pam Lack of San Diego State University, for guidance on all things audio. Music for this episode includes About That Oldie by Vibe Tracks and Summit by Johnny Easton. Thanks to Patsy for the stories and to you for listening. <laughs>